This episode of The Most Innovative Companies is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. You're listening to Most Innovative Companies. I'm Josh Christensen. Today we have another featured panel from our Fast Company Innovation Festival this past September in New York City. Today's conversation features Kathy Hackle, founder and chief metaverse officer of Journey, and Faith Popcorn, founder and CEO of Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve. Faith and Kathy team up for a conversation about the future of the internet and the way we'll create and connect in the virtual world. Enjoy. Hope everyone's having a great day so far at the Innovation Fest. Uh, my name is Max Ufberg. I am a senior staff editor at Fast Company. Uh, before we begin, a quick reminder to share your favorite moments on social media using the hashtag FCFestival. And now, uh, please help me welcome our panelists, Faith Popcorn and Kathy, ha Kathy Hackle. Hi. Uh, a quick round of intros, um, Faith Popcorn founded Faith Popcorn's Brain Reserve, the futurist <laughs> marketing consultancy in 1974. The New York Times has called her the trend oracle. Fortune Magazine named her the Nostradamus of marketing. Fast Company needs to come up with something of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> she's recognized globally as the original and foremost futurist. She's identified such sweeping societal movements as cocooning, SOS, atmosphere, Anchoring 99 Lives in Vigilante Consumer. She's the author of The Popcorn Report, Clicking, Evolution, Dictionary of the Future, and the upcoming Popcorn Report 2030, A Leap of Faith, and recently launched a podcast, Jolt. Kathy Hackle is CEO and Chief Metaverse Officer of the Futures Intelligence Group, a leading <clears throat> innovation and design consultancy. She works with the world's top brands to implement metaverse growth strategies, including NFTs, gaming, virtual fashion, and how to extend their brands into virtual worlds. She's been dubbed the godmother of the metaverse and has written two books, The Augmented Workforce and Marketing New Realities. She also hosts Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast and is Dean of the Republic Realm Academy. Thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. All right, let's jump in. Um, let's start with the big question. Um, how can brands get ready for the metaverse? And Faith, we could start with you. Well, um, I, think, I think understanding it's a parallel universe, not to plop your thing, as so many are doing right now, into the metaverse and say, like, it's just, because I'd rather go see it up the street or at Walmart, and now you put it in the metaverse, just like, ugh, nothing, no spirit. So I think that's one thing, but I think the more important thing is you have to believe there is a metaverse. And Kathy is the expert on that, but so many say, do I have to do this now? Do I have to bother with this now? Oh, I'll just have a metaverse VP or something and I'll take care of the whole thing. Well, let me tell you, I think that the metaverse is gonna be bigger than real life. So if I were you, the real estate is cheap now, you know, get in. So to the godmother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I kind of want to gauge here, who here is, who here believes the metaverse is the future? Just to kind of know who's... Okay, so we still have to convince a whole yeah. bunch of y'all. All right, no problem. <laughs> Easy task. No, oh, sure. Really. Um, so, you know, when, when I talk to a lot of brands, I work with a lot of brands, and my company, Futures Intelligence, was acquired by Journey, so now I'm at Journey. Um, and we do a lot of talking to the brands and the people within the brands about getting away from the hype. 
you know, this is a very hyped up word. There's a, it's very polluted, really, if you think about it, because of many things that have happened. So getting away from the hype, getting away from trying to define it, I feel like we spend way too much time, and you know, you and I talked about that, uh, trying to define what this is. We're building it. Like, it's not really fully here. How are you going to define something, right? We're using the word metaverse. Maybe in 10 years, we might not even use the word metaverse. What is it? Um, people always say, like, the internet used to be called the, what is it? The information, information superhighway. Like, no one uses that anymore, right? So, you know, are we going to use the word metaverse in 10 years? I don't know. So getting away from the hype, because there is a lot of hype, right? And I know, you know, your C-suite's probably coming to you like, what are we doing in Metaverse? What are we doing with NFTs or Web3, right? So there's this pressure. But wrapping your head around, if this is truly the successor state to today's mobile internet, what does that mean for your company, for your brand, your products and services? And what does that mean for you, all people in the audience, for your profession and what you're doing and where you're heading? So, you know, I think, you know, starting with trying to, trying to level set trying to understand, you know, this is still being built. It's very new. We're pioneering. It's a time to experiment. And then, you know, trying to trying to create a strategy, but those strategies have to be extremely flexible. Like, it, yeah, it's just evolving so quickly. Well, so we're seeing some companies start to build out new entertainment channels, virtual concerts, uh, dressing celebrities in virtual, uh, you know, virtual clothing and so on. So, Kathy, let's go back to you. What's most exciting to you in that space right now? So um, I'm coming off of uh, New York Fashion Week, uh, so I'm sure some of you guys were there or saw the coverage. Uh, I used to come to New York Fashion Week, and you know I would be at a show, and I would ask, get asked, "What do you do?" And I was like, "I work in fashion." Like it's like a whisper, right? Or like, "What is a, fa- a tech person doing in a fashion show?" Um, but this year, I really felt a total difference. Like the, you know, Tommy Hilfiger returned to New York Fashion Week. He had a fashion show at the same time in Roblox. Uh, Puma had NFTs and the whole, was whole focused on future. Um, you know, Vogue, uh, Vogue World had a big fashion show and they had an augmented reality catwalk that you could see through Snapchat. So there was this moment where technology is finally like the sexiest thing <laughs> uh, for the fashion people, which I think is interesting. And I think there's something poetic there in the sense that you know, web one and web two, you know, let's be honest, who was pushing innovation? It was adult entertainment, right? Really, who was pushing? Pornography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, in translation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, and, you know, I feel like with Metaverse and web three, it's really like fashion and art that are like pushing the way, like Gucci, Valenciaga, like Christie's, other these, like they're all in on this. Um, so I'm excited about, you know, about many things, education, you know, uh, you know, education, the enterprise side. Uh, but what I find really interesting right now is this moment when it comes to fashion and how things are evolving so fast there. And so. yet there are still a number of Fortune 500 leaders um, who are hesitant to get involved in the metaverse. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. you know, given your conversations with some of these folks in the C-suite, Faith, why, why is that? Why, you know, what's the reason for their reluctance? Because they're always like that. That's how they are. They go like, no, no. I remember we told them bottled water was coming. No. Home delivery was coming. No, it's not. We told Kodak, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be like digital and not film. And they go, we want to know about film. So I'm not saying, it's just their job to keep the thing moving, whatever they're doing. So they're not going to be the first ones. Ask any CEO um, that you know over 46 have you been on an Oculus? Ah, well, it's so like, no. Um, they just, I think what we're doing for our, our Fortune 200s is, and Kathy and I are doing beautiful work together, we're taking them in. 
just like taking their hand, mm -hmm. putting the thing on them or not, playing a game, taking them in. And once you take them in, what happens is they don't want to get out. This is the other problem of the metaverse. When you get in and it's so beautiful and none of your problems and nothing and everything is like gorgeous and you're wandering through. And that's when I think they cross over and they start to believe uh, this is where people are going to be. But it's going to take a while, I have to say. I wish the future could like, happen like this. The future happened. That's not an oxymoron. The future happened, but they didn't get in yeah. yet. And to that point, Faith, I want to add something. Yeah, please. It's funny when I see like the CEOs, um, and we give them a safe space to play silly stuff like Roblox or Fortnite. <laughs> but they, they, you know, they feel like at home they can't do it with their 16-year-old because it's just not cool and you know it's cringe. Yeah. But like we set up these spaces where they can actually come and play Roblox and Fortnite, and they actually get into it. They enjoy it. Um, so there is, I think, something there. Uh, a lot of the companies that you know that we're working with. Not all of them, but I feel like some of the ones I'm working with are in, in two spots, are either the companies that are extremely culturally, culturally relevant and want to remain culturally relevant, they feel pressure to do that, or maybe companies that were very skeptical and they didn't you know, do e-commerce or were late to e-commerce, late to social media, and now they want to kind of leapfrog into Metaverse and Web3, they see an opportunity. Yeah. Um, so there isn't just one Metaverse, of course, right? There's uh, a number of... Well, there arguably are a number of metaverses kind of uh, being built concurrently. Um, and they can also be separated by geography. So, you know, it's not impossible to think of a future where there are competing metaverses in China and the US, um, which gets, you know, to this point of regulation. So how will the metaverse be regulated? Um, what federal body would act as a regulator? Um, Faith, do you want to jump in? Oh, sure. Well. Brilliant, Zucky. I know him so well, that's what I call him. I mean, appropriating the word meta for his company is genius. I know some people are mad at him for doing that, etc. but my goodness, he certainly believes it's going to happen. So I think there are going to be many metaverses, but eventually, I believe, now Kathy could differ here, yeah. there's going to be one. Metaverse is like a, a, a reality. Why should you go from one place to the other? Which one should you play in? That's what's kind of screwing things up. And then safe spaces. So I, I believe on, on Meta, they have a, like, a, if you're harassed, and, and women especially get harassed on the Metaverse and people following them around, there's a thing that you can put over you that doesn't allow anybody to talk to you, see you, touch you. Because Metaverse, with those... Um, you know, those suits that you can wear where you can actually feel something. Yeah. Well, you know, that's an opportunity for some really weird people to uh, get involved or some really nice people. But um, I think there's going to be a lot of regulation issues, ethical issues, you know, uh, crime uh, there. And we're going to have to clean that up, hopefully before it starts too much. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, so um, I'll weigh in on that, definitely. For me, yeah. there's only one metaverse, the metaverse, when we hear the metaverse, capital M, yeah. there's only one, just like there's only one internet. Good, right? yeah. Um, but then within that metaverse, you've got like meta worlds, like meta platforms, virtual worlds, whatever term you want to use, lowercase m, right? That's how I see it. Um, I do think that there needs to be, I, I don't know who necessarily regulates that. Um, you know, is it a new part of government? Right. Um, I feel like governments, obviously, I live in D.C., so I see this every day. It's really slow. 
Um, it's really hard for them to like to understand what's going on. Um, there is something called the Reality Caucus on the Hill, which is kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it's the VRAR mixed reality. Caucus. It's very ironic. <laughs> the Reality Caucus, yeah. Um, you know, so so I think that there are efforts to try to understand this. I mean, obviously, from a Web three perspective, crypto is is something they're thinking about very heavily. Um, from, from a virtual world perspective, um, maybe Europe is maybe further ahead. China's all in, as you mentioned. Um, so I'm not sure who necessarily regulates that. I do think we need to have really, really uncomfortable conversations yeah. from the get-go. Um, there will be challenges that we don't even know are going to exist that will pop up in you know a couple of years. Um, I do think, for me, it, it is geopolitical. It is a geopolitical issue in the sense that there are two competing visions of what this future of the Internet, state of the Internet, is. Um, I just came back from Mexico, actually, at 2 a.m. in the morning, in, um, is, you know, in the developing world, a lot of the 5G bases are from Huawei, right? Um, in Africa, Latin America, developing Asia. And I think, you know, if eventually, the only, if eventually you have to access this concept of the metaverse through a wearable, and that wearable is sold to you by, you know, your phone provider or your cloud provider, and, you know, and that happens to be a Chinese company that, you know, only lets you access that Chinese version of the metaverse, you know, that is a really interesting thing to start to think about, like which vision is going to win, you know, in that, in that case. And, um, and then we can get into open and decentralized. But I do think that there is a geopolitical context. There's a political context um, as well. When you think about the metaverse and you think about if someone can control what people have in front of their eyes and what they can hear right beyond just the phones, it's actually up here in glasses potentially, then that's where the next wars are going to be fought, you know. So, yeah, you know, not to be doom and gloom, but, <laughs> but I do think that there are some serious implications beyond talking about cute marketing activations. So are there conversations going on um, in D.C.? I mean, you mentioned the caucus, but um, are there, you know, if there are geopolitical implications, um, are there sort of like philosophies that are manifesting along party lines in some way, or is that is it too early for that? I think it's a little bit early. I mean, I mean, obviously, there tends to be, you know, support for crypto. Um, you know, the, the mayor of Miami, um, you know, is very supportive of crypto. We were just down there. Yeah. Um, got a picture of him. He's a very cute mayor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there is the penny party lines. I don't know. But, um, but I do think it's a conversation I'm starting to have more and more in D.C., um, you know, I've, I've had conversations with, like, the Secret Service, for example, and they asked me a question. They said, will we have to guard the president's avatar in the future? I said, yes, you're going to have to guard many of his avatars because the president is president of the future is being born today. They're playing Roblox and Fortnite. They're going to have a lot of avatars and a lot of, like, a digital trail. So potentially you might have to guard that. So, um, you know, so I think there's some things happening. It does move slow um, from a patent perspective. I do see the patent offices sometimes approving patents that are, in my perspective, far overreaching when it comes to metaverse-related technologies. So, so yeah, I mean, it, the pace of government is hard to keep up with the pace of technology and the, the rate we're going. Yeah. Um, well, so many metaverse players, um, you know, the same folks in big tech, uh, previously had employed uh, walled garden ecosystems. Mm. So are you optimistic that you know, the, the future of the metaverse can avoid such a, such a fate. fate. We'll start with we, that. We hope so. I think that the, the people don't want walled gardens. I think they want to be able to roam, like you said, one beautiful metaverse, one space they can actually live in. I think this avatar thing you brought is going to be an issue because who, 
the idea of who are you talking to, where are you, you know, location. If there's six U's, one is in this space and one's that space and one's this space, and then there's IRL. So um, I think the wall gardens, I don't think it's, I don't think it's good. Do you think it's good? Here's what I will reply to that. I don't okay. necessarily think it's good. I think okay, like does. many of us, uh, we're building towards an open decentralized metaverse. That's what I believe should be the future. Is it the only way the future is going to play out? I think we can't be naive in the fact that there might need to be some walled gardens, right? If in healthcare or defense, like there might, there, you, not everything has to be open and decentralized. Will some companies prefer to have a walled garden with interoperability within their walled garden? Potentially, mm -hmm. right? I do think an open decentralized metaverse is, 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 a, is a great promise. Um, what I'm really excited about beyond thinking about that is using blockchain technology for data ownership and being able to kind of actually own your own data. That's a big promise. Um, you know, actually, like, Neil Stevenson, who has Lamina One, he coined the term metaverse. Um, you know, we both worked at Magic Leap uh, at one point. And um, he, with Lamina One, they're looking at, you know, data ownership through the blockchain. Uh, Jaron Lanier has spoken a lot about that. I'm, I'm really bullish on that. I don't think blockchain solves everything. Um, but I think a potential Web3 future where you can own your data um, could be a possibility. Because otherwise, you have, you have, in a walled garden, you have somebody controlling you. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, get, it's like living in a small town. You know, you're getting all the information. They're controlling the answers. They're, that's not what you want. Although I think that, that people, you know, owners will try to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think it's up to us to say, we, you know, we don't want, we don't want that. What were some, I mean, you mentioned healthcare um, as being one avenue that, you know, might benefit from a walled garden. So, well, one of the things we're seeing with, like, we work with Pfizer and J&J &J and others, um, uh, Allergan, Abby, a lot of them, actually. You can train doctors in the metaverse so brilliantly without risk because they can do operations. You can show them, like, if you did this, that would happen. And they're actually in it. You know, how to deliver a baby, you know, and use future science, like... Um, you know, uh, all kinds of things about global, you know, kind of uh, shared consciousness, whole bunch of stuff. So that's where pharma, you know, might not want everybody looking in on your operation or training. So I, I could see that. But I think generally, I think it should be a people's place. But that's there, what I thought about America. <laughs> are there other, um, <laughs> other sectors that are... <laughs> That's another panel for another day. <laughs> okay. This episode of Most Innovative Companies is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. Well, uh, what other um, sectors are dabbling in the metaverse right now um, that are most interesting? Um, you mentioned surgeons. Um, yeah, what are some other jobs that, that are starting to oh. Certainly, you know, you can, I think we could be a lot more successful. Our bane at, at my company, Brain Reserve, has been to convince people of what I see to be a certain future. We do, you know, backcasting, looking out 10 years, seeing this is going to happen. If you could show that in the metaverse, show what life is like in 10 years, get some reality around it, I think that, that, that certainly corporations would make, and people, just regular people much better decisions. You know, if you could show somebody even the environmental issues, if you could talk to a whale, 
you know, we're doing a lot of um, um, thinking now about, you know, whales are talking, dolphins are talking, and they, they have history of like hundreds of thousands of years that they could educate us. If we can get translation in the metaverse from one species to another, there's some really exciting things that could happen in the metaverse. But what about our dogs? You know, are our dogs going to be in the metaverse? If our dogs are in the metaverse, well, I personally have a dragon, but, you know, <laughs> what happens to the pet food companies? You know, there's a lot of trans, trans issues as you jump from one thing to the other. Living with blood, you know, in your veins and then becoming this incredible character with amazing pets and a new kind of family. And, well, you're going to get to, like, if you meet somebody in the metaverse and experience them as attractive and more, is that cheating? Is it, how real is the metaverse? Would that be cheating? So there's a lot of questions. I'm sure some legal cases will probably give us answers on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think anyway. it's funny that you said the word whale, and I think I've been in the Web3 space too long, because I really <laughs> thought, I'll go crypto whale. I'm like, oh no, no an actual no, no, whale. No, an actual okay. whale. <laughs> and dolphin. And kitten. <laughs> well, what are some of the other thorny ethical issues um, that are starting to emerge around the metaverse? Kathy, do you want to? Yeah, I think, you know, protecting children. Um, obviously, a lot of the virtual worlds, some of them are geared towards children. So, you know, I think that some of the companies are trying to do their best. Um, that's still hard as a parent, right? I've got three kids and I talk a lot about their experience in virtual worlds. Um, I think the thing there, and I say this, you know, we've talked a lot about this, face it, Faith, is that with like Gen Z and Gen Alpha especially, um, that blurry line between what is real, right? What they, you know, what we in this generation call real, like for them, it's the physical world and the virtual world. There's no, it, everything is real, right? I always talk about my son's first concert was uh, Little Nas X and Roblox. Right. For most of us, it was in a stadium, you know, or some type of venue in the physical form. For him, it was Little Nas X. And just because it happened in a virtual space did not make it less real. It's real to him. So um, I think understanding the younger generations, that blurry, blurry edge in line is blurrier than ever. Right. They're going to go between back and forth. Um, so. So, yeah, I mean, I do worry about kids, uh, you know, what I try to do is, yeah, my kids do soccer and gymnastics and all the physical stuff. Um, but when they do want to spend time doing gaming, you know, I, I, I allow them to do gameplay, but I also ask them for build time. So I say, okay, if you're going to be in this space, I need you to just build. I need you to start to build worlds and create things. Um, and my son actually makes money that way. So he, the other month he made $100. Like when I was 10 years old, I was not making $100 a month. How that was not that? happening. Uh, yeah. build, he built something in Roblox and his experience got a little bit of traffic and... Um, cool. Yeah, and it actually happened during um, a, a time where Technoblade, I'm not sure if you guys follow that, but he famous gamer, uh, Minecraft player, and he passed away at 23 from cancer, very young. Um, so a lot of the younger players, you know, they had an affinity for him. And he uh, came into my office telling me, hey, mom, I heard about Technoblade passing. We had a really interesting conversation. He said, um, I've got an idea. And he ran, uh, he ran to his like little workstation and he said, mom, come, come. Um, and I came over, and in his little world in Roblox, he had created a memorial for Technoblade. Beautiful. Yeah, it was really a really interesting mm -hmm. moment because we see some of these technologies with such a negative lens. And I saw it at that moment as not, it's not technology is not evil, you know, not good or bad, right? It depends on how we use it as humans. And for him, he used that moment to build something, express how he felt, mm. right, and, and use it in a positive way. So, um, so yeah, you know. I'm also thinking, like you said, <clears throat> what are the dangers? So you're asking, is the, here's this. 
So, you know, I know I have two kids, uh, little Chinese adoptees. If anybody wants to adopt a kid, come see me. I will help you. That's my side gig, my, maybe my main gig. But um, so, you know, we're always worried every time kids walk out the door, are they going to be like snatched or something going to happen? Well, just think about this. Kids have such great imaginations. The person that's talking to them or could talk to them mm -hmm. could look like a wonderful, like Cinderella, could look like a wonderful, like you see, dragon or alligator or something beautiful. And this could be some kind of pervert is yeah. an avatar. And so how do we signal this is not somebody you should be talking to? Because at least when somebody goes, come in the car and we've trained our kids, you know, like, you know, run and scream. Danger, and, right? Yeah, yeah, right? But how do we train them there? So I think there's a lot that's troublesome, that's worrisome. But I think we're gonna have solutions. Maybe these yeah. people will be branded, you know, we'll be able to see, they'll have a different kind of light on them if we know that they're not good. You know? I do tell my kids, anyone you talk to, like I limit who they talk to, yeah. that anyone you don't know you're talking to could be a 50-year-old man in the basement. Yeah. Um, so they, they're always like, why is it but a 50-year-old man in the basement? Um, you know, I don't really get into but, specifics, but, um, but I'm always like, it could be a 50-year-old man in the basement. Don't talk to that person on Roblox. So, yeah. yeah. And we're, I mean, we're already seeing um, reports of harassment in mm -hmm. any metaverse-esque world, um, which speaks to our point about regulation. I mean, are there, how would you even go about policing that? Well, that whole thing where you could create like a bodysuit or a, 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 what do you call it, like a, a thing that comes around you and you're safe, you know? Because the thing about technology is they can't get in if you technologically, if you say walled or, or off. But yeah, that's another problem. And you know, when CEOs hear about all this, we don't say when you walk out the door, I mean, your car could blow up. I mean, you know, we're, we're used to the dangers mm -hmm. kind of of living. But then when they hear about all this, they think like, maybe I don't have to do it. Big companies are always in this mindset, especially, um, you know, product kinds of companies that sell at Walmart, saying, maybe I don't have to do this. Maybe. Some of them will, though. I think that you yeah. believe that on I mean, Monday. Most of the companies I talk to <laughs> are coming to me because they're, they're, they, they want, want to. to do this, right? I talk to very few skeptics. I mean, if they're talking to me, it's because they're already kind of interested. Um, you know, from, from a keeping safe perspective, I will say that there is a role the community plays uh, in Web3. I mean, overused term, just like metaverse, hypey communities, you know, hyped up word. Um, but the times that I've been in experiences and maybe I've experienced some type of harassment, um, the community around me is the one that kind of kicked someone out or realized something was happening. And they, you know, they reported that person. So I think community does play a role, um, you know, community moderation. Uh, but yeah, there, there need to be standard safeguards and those sorts of things. How do you do that? That's, you know, with something so potentially massive, that's a big challenge. Are the, um, the, the metaverse companies themselves thinking about these ethical questions all the time? Or are they like full steam ahead on building and, and kind of worrying about that later? I, I think most, not, I wouldn't say most of them because I don't, you know, I don't speak for them and I don't have visibility into the roadmaps. Um, but, you know, you can see, for example, like Roblox is a company that has, their CEO has spoken a, a lot about civility and, and how they want to try to, you know, protect kids. You know, can they always protect kids? That's no. a different question, right? Mm. That's a little bit hard. But Basically, um, I mean, they want to make money. So you know what happens when people want to make money? <laughs> they skip <laughs> a lot of steps toward mm. the money tree. So... I, I, that's why I think you're going to need outside monitoring. Mm -hmm. We'll see. 
We'll see. I don't know if I want the government regulating. Like, the, the thing is, like, do right. I want the government regulating the metaverse? I don't know. Yeah. Right. Um, and then that's when you get into the question if it's if it is open and decentralized. There's no middleman, right? Um, right. And and I remember something that happened. Uh, a friend of mine's NFTs got stolen, oh. and uh, and I remember I was like, look, in Web three, there's no customer service. Like, uh, yeah, you can call OpenSea, but like whatever's on the blockchain, whoever owns that NFT, like for the blockchain, that's who has that NFT. Mm -hmm. There's ways to get those back, right? But th there there is this big debate, I think, when it comes to to that, right? I think, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a complicated... Like, if um, you could figure out who you can trust... Well, nobody. But if there was... I trust some, you, Faith. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and I'll regulate you. <laughs> oh, gosh. No, no, yeah, amongst friends. But, and she's a very wonderful friend. But, you know, it, who would you trust mm -hmm. to be in the regulation committee? Right? That's, That's a, a hard, hard one, Hard sell right? right there. Yeah, right. So... Yeah, I don't know. I think we need to go to D.C. Yeah, right? let's yeah. chat with them. <laughs> you could bring me along, too. Like, maybe, <laughs> like, you know, if Mother Teresa was still there, you know, you trust her. Who, there's so I personally wouldn't. Would. <laughs> you wouldn't? I would, I would. Oh, yeah, no, no. trust her. Yeah, I would trust her, too. So <laughs> maybe we get, like, I don't know. It's really an interesting question. Would you trust the Pope? Forgive me, Catholic people. No. <laughs> you know, because he's got an agenda. So who would you trust? Oh I mean, that's gosh. really, I'm glad you asked that question. That's a very thorny little question. <laughs> well, I mean, given that this is still, like, it's still so nascent as these questions yeah. suggest. Right. So what about virtual real estate? Is it? I love you... real estate, <laughs> virtual and not virtual. Okay. When well... you think about that you can buy the land, like, let's say you can't afford, uh, anything, a townhouse or whatever, or a central park, like you want to buy central park, but you can buy in the metaverse pieces or the whole thing. So, you know, is it worth anything now? No, but remember real estate in neighborhoods. I mean, I'm a sixth generation East villager, you know, the only consultant that can use a switchblade, just one of my little things that I know how to do. But the East village was like in the fifties and it was dangerous. So, you know, if you're buying the ground under the in real life real estate, that thing I think is going to become valuable as we more live there. So, yeah, real estate's cheap. So I own, you know, I own several NFTs that are lands in some of these virtual spaces. I mean, for me, they're speculative assets, right? I'm buying them as potential investments to see what happens, right? And this is not financial advice from either of us. Um, so, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think I'm trying to trying to see what happens with them, right? Is, is, is you know, is the sandbox and the central land and, and, and you know, upland and all these worlds going to be around? I hope so, right? Um, that being said, I myself do experiments. Like uh, with one of those apps, I bought the LinkedIn headquarters in this specific metaverse. I love LinkedIn, but I bought it because I'm like, wow, I can buy this? Like, I feel like I shouldn't be able to buy this. So maybe you should check, you know, your address and see if anyone's bought your address already in one of these platforms. Exactly. Because um, I think that there is going to be some very murky things, uh, really strange things happening in that space. Yeah, suppose LinkedIn so. wants their place back. Yeah. I'll give it, I'll sell it back to them. Yeah, I'm going to LinkedIn later today. It's so. very generous of you. I was going to say, did LinkedIn reach out? Reach out? Well, I'm going to LinkedIn later today because oh, I've got an event there. I don't there, think but. they're aware. This is a thing. I don't think, not just LinkedIn, they don't take it seriously, which is a great time if you're playing the right horse. 
It's like futurism. Like in 82, we said people are going to start to cocoon. People made billions of dollars on that if they believed it. So, yeah, I don't think they're paying attention to what, what people may be. It's like a URL, right? Remember how people bought, can buy your name when you weren't realizing it? They, they bought all the great URLs. It's, it's already right. happening with, like, um, .eth, .crypto, .wtf, yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've got, a, well, a few minutes left, but I, I'd like to hear um, from each of you one bold prediction about the metaverse. You, go, you want to go first? You can go first. Yeah, because you're going to take it way out there. No, so. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I don't know, Faith. <laughs> I know you. I'm more, a little bit more conservative over here. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what I would say is, you know, the current work I'm doing, like, I think professionals are going to have an opportunity to evolve. It's an age of reinvention. I myself have reinvented myself. Um, you know, I'm literally, I'm producing, I'm producing concerts in Roblox. I'm dressing celebrities in virtual couture. If you had asked me a year and a half ago, would I be doing that? I'm like, absolutely no, there's no way. But I think this is a moment for everyone to consider who they are, what they want to do. Um, you know, I, I have the title Chief Metaverse Officer. You know, is that title going to be around forever or are people going to use it? I don't know and I don't care. Um, I think it's about starting a conversation of who leads Metaverse and Web3 within the companies. So I think companies are going to continue to think about who within our organization has these skills or these passions or knows and you know knows the space. Uh, so I think there is an opportunity for professionals there. So that's a prediction. A lot of people here that are truly passionate about the space that are really learning, going deep, are going are going to be the ones that are going to lead in the future, right? So I'm I'm very excited about that. So I think the metaverse could predict the end of death because I believe that we're going to be. Why you want to die? No. So I believe that. <laughs> Because it can be arranged, you know? I told you, come from there. It's okay. Anyway, what's going to happen is that we're going to upload our consciousnesses onto a board, right, in the metaverse. <clears throat> and we're going to be able to converse, to learn, to talk to other people. Your future children can talk to you and learn from you. You can learn what they're doing. Because the body, I think, is just an inconvenience for now. And I think it's going to change very much so. And I think the metaverse is a neat place to, you know, be. Uh, so I, I, I find that really encouraging. I mean, I think it's cool. Universal consciousness people connecting. And so how, I mean, that's a, that's a ways away, right? Is that when, <laughs> like next, no, I don't mean. I'm just like, well, how do I follow that? <laughs> next week? Next week? Yeah. That's what people always say about the future. And like when I give talks, I go, Okay, I say the future is now. The future is now. And then I say, when is the future? It's now. It's now. It's now. Because it's, it's always one second ahead. So I don't think it's that far away. Are you interested? Am I interested? <laughs> Sign them up, right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Sign up right here. No. Um, and what's one metaverse experience you'd both like to have? Hmm. <laughs> well, hmm. Um, I, I will say, I'm going to take it to fashion because that's the kind of like my, my passion face. Um, you know, I really want to be able to bring fashion to new, to like, to new levels, uh, combining volumetric videos, so holograms, fashion, virtual worlds, and kind of taking, taking what I've seen at New York Fashion Week by times 10 for next, uh, for next September. That's, uh, yeah. that's what I want to see and what I want to do. So, so um, what's your question? What's the metaverse experience you'd most like to, to have yourself? 
You know, I think, I think being freed of your everyday worries, problems, pain, you know, and to really be in a place where you're not being, uh, thinking about things like how am I going to pay the rent or like, you know, my shoulder hurts and, and actually being able to find a better you, a better self and meet other good selves. And I think that's going to be the new, what do you call it, match.metaverse where you're gonna meet people that are really your, your vibe, psyching with you. Not where they live, how much money they have, did they go to Harvard, not that thing. It's like really like who you are and having beautiful you know, matches with other people that you find compatible. So I think that could be gorgeous. I was talking to someone earlier today about um, dreaming in the metaverse and I guess the dystopian take is that a metaverse company that owns your dreams, which is, but um, it could be an interesting way to preserve and then view, yeah. you know, consciously. Well, it's gonna capture all your dreams. Mm -hmm. It's gonna it can capture everything. Capture, is that a good word though? Is that like jail? Like you're saying, are they gonna resell your dreams or? Right. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think, that's all the time we have. Um, thank you so much. My pleasure. Kathy and Faith, and for the, the great discussion. Um, how about a round of applause for them? Oh, thank you.